Welcome to Regeneration. My name is Bryce. I have a new life in Christ, and I am in recovery from the old me um, that um, spent a lot of time in pornography, masturbation, drug and alcohol abuse. Um, this past week, a ton of fear of man and isolation. Hey, y'all, it's good to be with y'all in 2022. If this is your first time, um, welcome. This is Regeneration. You are in the correct space. If you didn't know that this is Regen and you thought you were somewhere else, this is the place you're supposed to be because you're here. So stay pleased with us. We love having y'all here. This um, new year, we are beginning a brand new series called New Year, New Me. And before we jump into this new series, New Year, New Me, I kind of wanted to, um, I thought it would be a good time um, since we're in the spirit of all things new and new beginnings in year 2022, I thought it'd be a good time to look back at the old me and my old ways. And I was thinking about like, hey, how, what's the best way I can share with you the old Bryce and the old things that he did? And it's actually super common between all of us. It's Facebook. Facebook statuses. Back in the day, listen, I know if y'all had a Facebook, you were on there and you were putting on random stuff like, texting my friends, and we're like, okay, like, why, why we need to know that? But to get a picture of like what I looked like during the time, it was this. Yeah, I know, I get it. The spiky hair, my vibe is way different. You can't see the bottom half of me, but I was wearing like khaki pants, always American Eagle graphic tee. It was lit at the time, not now. And so I have moved on from that phase of my life. Um, but some of those, I know, um, I always would just, I was, last night, surprisingly, I was looking through my Facebook, and I was like, man, the old me was posting some stuff that should not be on there. And I was like, yo, if anybody ever sees this, I'm going to get busted. I work at Watermark Community Church. Um, I need to archive that. And so I started archiving, but as I was, I was looking through it, I saw just some of those random stuff, like, oh, texting my friend Alex. I was like, I don't care. I don't want to, why would anybody want to know that? Um, but then we all also did these other things, like um, the TBH like this status for a TBH or a to be honest. So then you would go on their, their Facebook page and you would say, this is what I, to be honest, this is what I think about you. Um, <laughs> which I don't, I don't know how I feel about that now. Um, there was also the times, you know, the, okay, as you can see, the I had to block out the people. I didn't want them getting exposed. Um, <laughs> but in 2011, that was 11 years ago, I was almost 11 years ago in October. Um, I was also kind of like an angsty, sad boy. And so <laughs> I said stuff like this. The moon's beautiful tonight, but the only one I want to look at is with her. Who is her? I don't know. I don't know who her is. And if you listen to this right now, I'm still free, so let's go. I'm on one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But during that time, maybe I was super sad, but during that time, um, that was actually like a pretty difficult time in my life. When my parents had just divorced, I'd um, spun out on drugs and alcohol and just started living my life in that way. And it became really difficult for me and maybe for the people around me. And so as I was scrolling through, I was like such a timely thing to come across. Praise God, I found this status that I had written. Time to change my life. And I was like, <clears throat> I remember around that time in December 2012, what was going on. That was actually a year that we were supposed to, the world was supposed to be ending because of the Aztec calendar. And I actually wrote a status, this side besides the point, I actually wrote a, a status that said, hey guys, it was the day before the last day of the earth. I said, hey guys, last full day to live, dress fresh, period. <laughs> um, but during that time, I said, but during that time it was super difficult. And I said, it's time to change my life. It's time to change my life. And so what I did, I remember during that time, I was in ninth grade, I think, and I started, um, 
I started being really determined to fix all the things that I thought were broken. Like I was in a really bad relationship. I was going to fix that. I was going to fix this, these friendships that I felt that were broken. I was really, really bad at being a good student at school. So I was going to become better at that. I was going to fix some of that, my grades. I was going to actually start going to school. Um, and I became really determined to do it. I was going to fix my problems. I'm going to fix my life. But the ironic thing about that is when I decided to do that, after I wrote that, I said, I'm going to change my life. It's time. The next two years of my life actually became the most destructive years of my life, um, where my pornography addiction, um, drugs, alcohol, where I've spun out harder and harder because I was trying so hard to fix myself. I was trying so hard to fix my circumstances and it never worked out. And so then I really just got to this point somewhere along the way um, where I kind of lost hope because I'd failed and just said, okay, whatever. And then instead of trying to address my problems, and trying to fix them and grip onto them to make sure that I was living the life I thought I needed to or that would be better for me, um, I actually just started avoiding all of them because I couldn't handle them. And so it really didn't matter what I did because I realized it's like either I could try, try to control it, fix everything, or I could avoid it, but both gave me the same outcome, destruction, brokenness. And so I was literally living in a lifetime catch-22 scenario. My life was catch-22. Grip it, break it, or let it go, let it drop, breaks my life. And um, I start there because in New Year's, we have this saying called New Year, New Me. And it's the time of the year where everybody makes New Year's resolutions. You want to become different. You want to leave the version of who you were yesterday in the past and become something new. You want to become a new you. Um, but the funny thing, and even what's also ironic about that, is that I've never heard somebody legitimate, maybe back in the day when we were posting Facebook, we are like, ah, oh, new year, new me. But after a while, it became straight up a meme. Like, it's a joke now. Like, you never hear somebody who's like, oh, yeah, 2022, new year, new me, and they're being legitimately serious. If you're here and you, have, and you are serious about that, like, I'm sorry for busting you right now. But you hear all the time, they're like, oh, yeah, new year, new me. It's a joke, right? I'm going to glow up this year. I'm going to do this new thing. Because, and the reason why I think it's become a joke is because... Um, humanity has gone long enough in their ways where they realize that we cannot and we do not have the power to save ourselves. We don't have the power to change ourselves or we would be better. Like if you in this room walking in tonight, regeneration, 6.30, Monday nights, if you could and you did have the power to fix yourself, you wouldn't be here. And y'all aren't any different than anybody else in the entire world. And so... Um, we know deep down that there's something wrong and broken and we try to fix it, but we can't. We fail over and over again. We can't help ourselves because we can't make us new, but there is one who can. Region, there is one who can make a new you. And if you're here, I would be surprised if you've never heard his name because his name is Jesus. He's the son of God. He has the power to do anything in all things beyond your wildest imagination. And so if you've heard about this Jesus and you've never come to him or talked to him, you don't know who he is, tonight we're gonna to talk about him. But he has the power to transform who you are and to make you a new you. He literally can transform your soul, resurrect it from the dead. And so you may be asking yourself, all right, Bryce, like how does that happen? How do I, how do, how is where I am get to where he is for this whole transformation, new year, new me thing? Um, how does that happen? How do we get there? And I got one point for you guys tonight. One point, only thing you gotta know in order to be in right relationship to find this new you in Christ tonight. And it's forsake faith in the world for faith in Jesus. 
Forsake faith in the world for faith in Jesus and you will be made new. And um, we're gonna be reading in Mark 5, Mark chapter 5. Um, verses 25 through 29, and Jesus is making his way around his area. He's been healing people. He's been doing all these miracles, um, things that no one has ever seen before. He's speaking in a way no one ever thought, um, no one had ever heard before. He spoke with authority. He had the power to heal, to do all these things. Um, And so he had picked up a lot of momentum. There was a crowd following him. He was walking through the city. And in the city was this woman. Um, And this woman, it says, beginning in verse 25, chapter 5 of Mark, it says, And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years, 12 years, experiencing this illness or this disease for 12 whole years, nonstop, verse 26, and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but she actually grew worse. So she had this illness, this disease within her for 12 whole years, suffering it. And every time she went to a physician to try to get it fixed, every time she went to the person whom she thought was going to fix her problem, it actually grew worse. She suffered under their care because they weren't the ones who could heal her. She put all, she literally, she she lost everything she had. It says that she um, spent all she had on trying to figure out how to fix this problem that was in her for 12 years. She put all of her chips in there. It's all she had. She had nothing left. Um, And she gave her whole life to fix this problem, but it actually just got worse. And so she lost more. Nothing she could do could cure it. There was no cure. She had gone for 12 years, physician after physician, thing after thing, and remedy after remedy, trying to figure out how she could fix this problem that was on her and it couldn't work. And so for 12 years, I'm probably wondering, and if you're in this room and you're experiencing something of the sort, like 12 years, um, of this problem that's just been eating away at you for so long. Um, I bet by year 12, she probably felt pretty lost and probably without hope. Like there's no hope for me. There's no way I'm being healed. There's no way for this to be fixed. There's no way possible. Until something new came along. Until after she had gone from physician to physician, physician, all these people around her who thought was going to fix her, she heard something new. And, um, and it starts in verse 27. She said, it says, she had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd. So she's wiggling through the crowd because she hears Jesus could potentially heal her. And it's her last, ditch, her last ditch effort. She was in the crowd and she touched his garment because she said, if I could even just touch his garment, then I, may, I will be made well. Like if I could just get to him. Nothing else has ever worked. He's my only hope. They're saying he can heal. If I could just get to him and touch him, I could be made well. And immediately, immediately, the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body she was healed by her disease. When you come in contact with the God of the universe, you know it. She felt immediately that she had been healed. And then they, she he keeps walking, a lot of people around, a couple of exchanges. He's like, hey, who touched me? They're like, dude, Jesus. There's a lot of people in here, a lot of people touching. He's like, no, somebody sought me out and touched me. I felt the power go out from me. Who was it? He turns around. He's like, who was it? She, she knows because she knows what happened in her. She goes to Jesus knowing that he's the son of God. And she's like, I'm the one. And then he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Daughter. Son, your faith has made you well. Jesus sees us as his own. 
It's his daughter. Your faith has made you well. It was only faith in Jesus that healed her. She didn't bring anything else. She had nothing else. If you remember two verses later, earlier, she literally lost everything. Only faith in Jesus could make her well. She didn't bring anything to him. She didn't come and bribe him. She didn't offer him anything. She's like, she didn't say, hey, Jesus, well, like, if you let me touch your garment, I'll like wash your feet or wash your hair or something or scratch your back. Like, or I'll do this. And what we'll do in our life is like, well, Jesus, if you heal this or you fix this, I'll do this for you. I'll never go here and do this thing again. I'll come to church every Sunday. But she didn't bring an offering. She brought her faith. She didn't bring suggestions on how he should do it. Like, hey, you should do this thing first and then this and then that. And then maybe like it could work out. She didn't bring any um, suggestions because she didn't know how to fix herself and neither do we. But she trusted that Jesus might be able to. She also didn't ask Jesus to go bust up the doctors that messed her up even more after she gave all her money to him. She didn't blame on anybody else. She knew the problem was within her. It wasn't with the physicians. It was within her. And she, could, and she trusted. She had just a little bit of faith for Jesus to save her, to heal her. And when she came to him with um, faith, she was healed immediately, immediately. And Regen, you and I also have a disease. Um, that is uncurable by man. We have a disease deep, with the, deep within us that we experience and see and function out of all the time. And this disease um, is the reason why the world is what it is. But let me tell you first what the disease is not. The disease is not your pornography problem that brought you in this room. Your disease is not your wife or your husband. Your disease is not your financial problem. Your disease is not your drinking problem or your meth or heroin problem. Your disease is not your control. It's not your codependency. Your disease is not any of those things that you think are your biggest problem in your world. Those are just symptoms of the disease below. Those things come out of the deep heart issue disease, and we call that sin. We have been created by God for glorious, glorious purpose, but we rebelled against him. Turn away from his ways. And when we did that, our minds became futile and our hearts became darkened. And then we started acting out in these ways. It's just the symptom of that. Our deep heart, deep heart problem, the darkness within us is what produces the things like pornography and alcoholism and all these other things that cause us destruction um, that, we are, that we wanna run from now. And this Jesus, the one who came to this earth and who, who was touched by this woman and said, daughter, your faith has made you well. That same Jesus who healed her and who came to save her also came to save you from that disease of which you cannot cure that you've spent a really long time try probably trying to remedy. You spent a lot of time trying to get rid of these problems and you can't because only Jesus can. He came and he lived the perfect life and he died the death that we were supposed to die, that we are supposed to die. We're supposed to be judged for the sin in our hearts, but Jesus took that judgment upon himself and the blood of the cross, his blood washes you clean. If you accept him by faith and when it washes you clean, the Holy Spirit then fills you and you can be made new. Like this whole new year, new me thing that you keep saying every single year can actually happen tonight. If you don't know who he is, he can make you new if you trust it by him and what he's done on the cross through faith. He can resurrect you from the dead by the power of the Spirit. You can become a new creation, the scripture says. And if you don't know this Jesus tonight, he's inviting you into that relationship. He's, in, he's inviting you into a newness of life. 
that you've never expected. You can be a new you. And for, real quickly to end, for my believing friends in the room, if you do know who Jesus is and you've been following him for some time and you feel stuck in sin, because I know there's a lot of us in this room predominantly who know who Jesus is. And um, if you are here and you have been stuck in sin, you feel like you can't get it out, like it's been this 12 years and you've been trying to all these things, you've tried all the remedies, this point right here is for you. Forsake faith in the world with faith in Jesus and you can be made new. Forsake faith in the world for faith in Jesus and you can be made new. The same way the person who does not know Jesus is going to be saved from the brokenness of their life to be made new is the same way in which you, Christian, will be made new. Galatians 3, one through three says this. Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Now, mind you, Paul's writing to Christians. He's writing to Christians who are, follow, who are trying to follow Jesus. He says, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? And it was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the spirit by works, by doing good things, by the works of the law, or by hearing with faith? Did you save yourself or did the gospel save you? Did you believe in the gospel when you were saved or did you do something to earn it? He says, no. Are you so foolish? Having begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected in the flesh? Christian, listen to me. I know all too well, all too well, how easy it is to try to fix ourselves. How easy it is to forget that, you know, now that I'm Christian, I have to be this or I have to be that. I know all too well the tendency it is to try to fix our own problems. But the truth is, is that you were saved by faith You were saved through faith, by grace, in Christ, by the power of the Spirit. You were saved by the gospel, by faith in it, and the Spirit changed you. The gospel of Jesus Christ, at the moment of time that you were saved, is the only power that is able to save you. And then today, a year later, maybe tomorrow, however long you are out, that same power of the gospel is the only thing that has the power to sanctify you. The gospel has the power to save. It also has the power to sanctify. Those are the only, the the power of the gospel is the only thing that can change you. So do not be deceived. It's not doing regen. It's not reading books. It's not memorizing the Bible. There's no amount of good works that can change your heart. Good works, doing good Christian things don't change you. The spirit of God changes you as you surrender to him and as you walk with him. So Christian and non-Christian, surrender Forsake the world, forsake the ways of the world and find your faith in Jesus and he can make you new. If you forsake your ways, he will change you day by day. And it begins here tonight. It begins in your heart to surrender to him. Tonight, we're gonna hear a story from a woman on our staff um, named Emily Carter. She's our women's coordinator. Um, She's gonna talk to you guys about how Jesus has changed her heart over the course of time as she surrenders her faith to the world and picks up faith in Christ. So welcome up, Emily.